Everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Shop and Chivalry Podcast. Today is another election special. I have uh, Ricky Ottomont, who is the alderman for Ward 4. He's the incumbent running for another term. And uh, he was part of uh, a four years in Ocean Springs that had some controversy. We had a very young mayor who was kind of, you know, getting his sea legs in, in, in politics, if you will, at the local level. And, uh, well, Ricky was there to kind of walk walk through that with him. He's got a great perspective on what city politics are, some of the problems associated with, you know, helping a community, helping manage a a community as well. We talk about all the all the key issues. We talk about the trees, development in East Ocean Springs. You know, we talk about downtown as well. His ward actually is all of downtown Ocean Springs, so he's got a very uh, specific and unique perspective on on what uh, can and should be done in downtown Ocean Springs, while also preserving downtown Ocean Springs. So, it's a great conversation. He's a great guy, and uh, I know y'all are going to enjoy this one. All right, everybody, pre- please welcome Ricky Ottoman. Oh, and uh, one more thing. In the interest of full disclosure and wishing to remove contextual confusion, please consider the following. At a moment in the podcast, Ricky is describing the operators of the historic and significant donut restaurant, Tato Nut, as being Ocean Springs. Ricky and I want to point out, he isn't describing Tato Nut as being the business representation of Ocean Springs in spite of the other businesses. That is not at all correct. Rather, Ricky is describing the business owners, such as those operating Tato Nut, as the alumni of business owners in downtown Ocean Springs, which weather economic storms and maintain the small business allure that helps keep Ocean Springs beautiful and shoppable for generations. Those downtown businesses are Ocean Springs. That's the point he's making. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. Ricky, you ready? I am. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Shop and Chivalry podcast. My guest today is Ricky Ottomont, right? It is. Okay, perfect. You're running for which ward? For Ward 2. Ward 2 in Ocean Springs. Excellent. Well, Ricky, tell us about yourself. So, I am a dad of three. I am married to a doctor at the VA. Mm -hmm. I am a home inspector, licensed contractor. I um, am a strong practicing catholic attend saint owls weekly okay and i love my community excellent and are you from ocean springs originally i'm not i'm from louisiana we're at uh cut off okay and what brought you to ocean springs i used to be in the retail business when i first got out of school and uh and it brought me to ocean springs in 1990 actually okay and when i came I uh, thought I had actually missed where I lived, but I loved Ocean Springs so much I had actually gotten transferred back to Louisiana, and I said, "No, I'm coming back." So I, I was only there for a short. I only went back to Louisiana for a short period of time, and I've been here since. I got you. What 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 draws you to Ocean Springs? Ocean Springs just has that. Um, I want to be there kind of mm. atmosphere. You know, I mean, it's like when you when I first came here, when I was told that I was being transferred to Ocean Springs. A friend of mine from Homa and I drove down here, and we took Highway 90 all the way from here to Pascagoula, and we, we came back to Ocean Springs and kind of rode around a little bit. And Ocean Springs just, I don't even think you got to get out your car to realize mm. that the community is so welcoming. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Now, when when you made that drive back, did you go down Washington and all that? And yeah, we drove around yeah. the whole city. Excellent, excellent. So, so what stuck out to you? Well, back then when I first came, the downtown wasn't what it what it mm. is now. But being able to live next to the water and um, be able to have the shopping that we have and mm-hmm. and and the people here are so nice and you know I just feel like. Uh, you can't ask for better than that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, tell us about your ward. So Ward 2 is, is a little unique for, for our city. You know, we Ward 2 encompasses all of, all of the downtown, mm-hmm. all the front, all of Front Beach, and part of East Beach from Weeks Bayou to, to Holcomb Boulevard. Okay, excellent. So uh, that includes the downtown area, right? You, it does. You did mention that? Okay, excellent. So, so you, you've been an alderman for how many years now? This is my... I'm ending my first term, so four years. Okay, excellent. Well, um, tell us about your first term. So I was on the planning commission for 10 years. Okay. And uh, and so going through plan, well, I was on zoning and adjustments prior to that, and then zone, then I was on planning. And uh, and going through planning, I mean, you really learn a lot about city ordinances, subdivision regs, and mm-hmm. uh, and you learn a lot about, about the city. And I guess my job as a home inspector uh, – I'm around the city, all all the streets across the whole Gulf Coast, but I'm mm-hmm. really familiar with with the streets in in our city. And so when when uh I had made it, I had ran like two terms ago against Chick Cody in Ward Three. I used to live in Ward Three, mm-hmm. and Chick Cody had been in all them before. He was out for a little bit, then he came back, and and I was defeated. And after after that, I said, you know, I was gonna I was gonna do it again. You know, it. I think it takes. I think it takes people to see the ambition of people getting out there. And, and even if you don't make it the first time, don't give up. Right. You know I mean? Right. Um, there's always an opportunity that, that you're going to, that you're going to be able to serve. If, if your mission is to serve the community, I think you, you would get there, you know, through hard work. I love that. That's awesome. And, and so when my ward, I lived in Ward 2 now, and when Ward 2 came available and Mac McDonald was going through the transition of taking over the Coliseum, or he had already taken over the Coliseum, um, I had made up my mind then that I was going to try and put my faith up against running in Ward 2 again. And I was very fortunate enough to be able to, to, be able to get that. But I, but I can say that becoming a public official is not as easy as people think it is. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... Uh there's a lot of talk is cheap. You know, a lot of people will, will, I think pontificate about, you know, how they think a word that I'm running into frustration with as I get older is should things should be this, it should happen like this. And, and it, it, it seems that a lot of people don't, don't have the understanding of why it is the way it is, you know? And so people will, will maybe want to run and not fully understand how the city works because it is a system. You right. know what I mean? So I uh, think, I think a lot of people, through a process, we'll get upset about certain certain things that happen in the city, and mm-hmm. they and so they make a decision to that. Well, I don't like that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna change that, so I want to run. But when you first become when you first get into office, your your very first day when you start getting phone calls from people about things that that are outside of the realm of what you're used to dealing with, mm-hmm. and then the other thing is when you become a city official, you have to learn who you, who your people are you working with. So. Uh, what does park and recreation take care of? What does public works take care of? What does human resources take care of? Well, that's an easy one because everybody knows what human resources sure. does. But, but as far as like, you know, when you got so many moving parts, you got to, you got to, you know, 
it takes a, it takes it takes really one term to get settled in to to learn all your departments learn you know learn the the what you need to know about the budget the millage uh the city facilities i mean it's a lot you yeah know? yeah uh, well, I, I, I can only imagine. I mean, well, why, why would you want to run for another term? Because I would imagine that, that you've dealt with, you know, public scrutiny and putting yourself out there. I mean, it, it, it's hard to imagine why anybody would, would want to uh, run as a city politician. I mean, so why, why do you continue to put yourself through this? <laughs> I, I, really, I really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, um, when I, I can honestly say that I, I feel like every person that has called me I've responded to their phone call or answered it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've gotten an email, I, I respond to their emails. And I guess the bottom line is, is that there's just some things you can do and some things you can't do. And I think if you're honest with people and tell them that you can't do it, um, and that if, if it's something that has to be looked at for somewhere down the road, it's not necessarily kicking it, kicking the bucket down the road. I mean, it's basically you got to run in the cities just like your own personal household. If mm-hmm. you can't afford to go out and buy a car and, in your budget and same thing with the city. So we have to follow, we follow the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah, for sure. Yep. For sure. Well, you're running as a Republican. I am. Why? I feel like I'm, I'm very conservative. I feel like, um, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm for keeping the taxes as low as we can keep the taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm very strong on, uh, looking at the budget, making sure that the budget that's in place is a budget that, that is practical and not wasteful and that, uh, and that it keeps our, our taxes down. I, I believe in religion and in, in schools and government. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that there are, that our job, I feel like Republicans are more in tune to making sure the development of their, of their community is, is in line to, to creating jobs and having people work and, and, uh, and, and fulfill their, their financial obligations themselves. Sure, sure. And that certainly makes sense. Let me ask you this. Uh, it, it seems to me that at the local level of politics, um, the letter next to your name, the party that you declare, bears, I guess, less importance because you're dealing with community members. Do you feel that way? I, I feel that way 100%. In fact, I had this conversation um, with somebody not long ago, you know, um, that, you know, uh, it just seems like people are scared to represent themselves as far as like Republicans and I mm. mean, are not Republicans, but Democrats and stuff in this race coming up because some people have qualified as independent and it might be because they're in the middle of the road. I don't know. I'm not, mm. I'm not accusing them of, of what they do. I just think that people need to really realize that when it comes to local politics, there's really no, it's not about party. I mean, it's, it's about unity and about progression mm-hmm. of how this, how the city progresses. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. And, and, and that's part of the reason I wanted to do this sort of expose of all of the local politicians, because I think oftentimes in people's busy lives, they, they see a yard sign or they see somebody running for, for office and they look to that letter in parentheses to the right of their name, say as an indication of what you believe right, or how you're going to behave. That is really a perversion of what is done at the national level, right? They say, okay, you're an R, so everything associated with with Republicans is, well, that's you as well. Right. You know, it's cheap. It's a cheap trick. So having this avenue here where, where you can kind of flesh out these ideas and, and kind of say, like, no, that's kind of a fundamental belief I have of being a Republican, but at the local level, look, if the city needs it, the city needs it. Right. You know, so. Well, uh, let's... 
let's move on to a first topic here. Okay, so let's talk about executive session. I know in the previous four years in uh, this administration, there's been a lot of use of executive session, but executive session is also a pretty normal thing. People go into executive session all the time, and and there might be some some critique as to if it was used properly or maybe abused or what have you. And you're on the board, uh, the the board of aldermen, so I'm curious, what's your perspective on executive session? How was it used? I I don't believe that we've ever abused executive session. Okay. Um, I've only had a couple of things put on the executive session. That's because I've had a couple of lawsuits in in my ward with mm-hmm. some with some development, and uh. But all, overall, you know, I, I'm strong about speaking in front of the public. You know, um, if there's something that needs to be said, if we can speak about it in public, I want to do that. But I do believe that no matter what people's beliefs are or what should be said in public, I do think that there's some things that need to be discussed amongst the aldermen and, and the mayor and the, and the city attorney um, prior and vet those things out prior to being in the public. Mm. What's an example? So obviously can't go into detail because that would be something that was in executive session, but right. just generally speaking. Yeah. So exa- examples would be like, if you were, if you were going to talk about, um, contracts, let's just say like we, we were going to, we, ha- we were going through contracts for, um, for positions, for appointed positions, you know, and that was something that we wanted to talk to, whether it was, um, it, it was something sent directly toward, you know, toward that contractor. I gotcha. Okay. And sorry, go ahead. But the other thing is litigation is probably the most, you know, mm-hmm. and I wish we, I wish we, I wish today's society wasn't so litigious, you know, yeah. it seems like nowadays you got to really be careful, you know, what you say and what you do because everybody wants to talk about, you know, attorneys are going to do this and I'm going to seek legal counsel. And for us, when somebody, when somebody approaches us and or talks to us in conversation and says that, they, they're going to see an attorney or something. At that point, they almost force us to go and talk in executive session because it, because it is possible litigation. If, if there's a situation where you're going to face litigation, whether you're going into executive session or not, I mean, is, is there really a point in going into executive session? I mean, what's, because it's kind of a paradox there, you know, you, so you go into executive session to avoid litigation, but then the decision you make is going to be litigated anyway. So if the issue is to, protect yourself from being sued, but you're going to get sued anyway. What's the utility of, of the executive session? Actually it's to go in, to go behind a closed door where you can speak to your city attorney and, and weigh out the way out the options as far as like what the decisions are made, what the outcome could be and what, Mm -hmm. and what we should do. Gotcha. So, so it's not necessarily that you're making a plan. It's that you're, it's kind of a consultation with, with an attorney that the city's using. Correct. Okay. Well, that makes more sense for sure. Uh, you know, with Ocean Springs being being the beautiful city that it is, and 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 we talked about <clears throat> we talked about coming into the city and 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 how it kind of makes us feel and, and and whatnot. In your ward, do you have city entrances like uh, the um, like Washington Avenue, or does your ward contain like West Ocean Springs? That I, I have two, two. Okay, excellent. Porter, Porter Avenue and Washington. Perfect, perfect. What are the what are the plans to kind of change the image of those entrances or as Melanie Allen puts it, the gateways of the city. What, what kind of, uh, plans do you have? So the vision at this point, um, or at the current time is that we've, we've, we've just had a wayfinding study done. Okay. And, uh, and my vision along with a lot of other people's vision in the city is to have people come across the ocean Springs bridge 
see an entrance that they want to get off at at Porter Avenue and bring the traffic in on Porter Avenue mm. in that commercial district into Washington instead of staying on Highway 90 till the red light. Gotcha. So so you want to pull the traffic off 90 and get them into the city via Porter rather than the traditional way down Washington, right? Correct. Okay, gotcha. And, and so I imagine there's some plans to build up Porter then, yes? Yep, that's uh, that's what we're working on now, and I haven't we haven't gotten the final plan yet, mm-hmm. but we do have some monies to to do this, and we're okay. gonna, we're going to do it either through some kind of a, a signage or or uh, whatever whatever the wayfinding study is. I think that's the direction we're gonna we're gonna take. I gotcha. It it I think it was yeah, it must have been early December. I didn't know that there was a Dollar General going up in in, in West Ocean Springs. I'm not sure that it bothers me. You know, honestly, but I had people on, on Facebook whenever they were coming back for the holidays and, you know, some, some person was, was taking a picture saying, you know, why is this the first thing we see? Do you think it's the city should be more involved in what types of businesses or what businesses look like that are trying to develop near our entrances? You know, that property has been for sale or it's been there for a long time vacant. Yeah. And then it came up for sale and somebody bought it, has the right to build commercial building on it like they like they did or like they're doing the thing is i think a lot of people don't realize what they're going to see this is not your typical driving on highway 90 looking at a yellow facade Mm -hmm. mansard brown building i mean this is i don't know if you've seen the rendering of it i've not actually but, but the rendering of this building is not of your typical stores i mean this is like you know i think dollar general has done has has been doing a good job trying to move into cities that are that to try and um, change the image to more of a country store type look if it's in that if mm. it's in an area like that and perfect example is is the ones in Fairhope or the one in Fairhope but the one that we have in Ocean Springs I think people once they see it after it's built I think is, are going to have a change of heart on how it looks well that's that's uh I mean that's exciting I'll I'll tell you the one on 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 government looks great you know it's tucked away you know it it, it takes advantage of the of the nice um, natural canopy you know provided by the trees so what how involved is a city when a business like Dollar General comes in and wants to build? Uh, I feel like the like the planning department is very involved. They have to do a design review. They have to go through a point system for mm-hmm. as far as like green space, uh, what the facade is, what's what's exposed to the to the line side of the uh, from the street, mm-hmm. and 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 you know they did a good job with this Dollar General. Okay, well I'm excited to see and and. Part of me wonders anyway, like, what's what's the big deal? Because, I mean, as soon as you come over the bridge, you've got that kind of odd gas station off on the right, and then right. just past where the Dollar General would shop. be. It's a pawn shop. So it's it's kind of a moot point in, 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 in some respects, but but in any case. Um, okay, so, you know, we mentioned green space, right? How committed, from from your perspective, has the city been in these previous four years to, to maintaining green space in Ocean Springs? I think we've done a good job with mm-hmm. it. I think we we did. I think we did fall a little bit behind on beautification, which which uh, I'm hoping that we can get back on track in that. You know, um, when I first came into office, our budget was um, our budget was what it was, but we weren't bringing in um, enough tax to take care of everything that needed to be taken care of. And I think now we're we're every year that's gone by, we've been able to progress and and try and help maintain that. And, and, uh, and I believe it's only going to get better from this point. Yeah. Now we used to have an arborist, uh, in the city, correct? 
Yeah, but that was through a, a grant program. Ah, uh, I you see. Know, we I never, see. We never did like go, ever go out, to my knowledge, and pay for for an arborist to because we wanted one. I think the grant program was was available. We took advantage of it. I think there might have been a match or something, but mm, we did. And Mr. I think it was Mr. Minker, and he was he was a good arborist. Yeah, yeah. There's been some controversy with uh, with trees on Front Beach with uh with a couple trees. Do you care to kind of give a perspective on that? Well, that that's in my ward. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a long process trying to um, figure out what we we're going to do with the trees. My my views on on um, on property rights, I guess, are different from some other people's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that the city of Ocean Springs has ordinances in places to protect trees, and at the same time, they have ordinances in places to protect people from building houses that encroach on their property. And, you know, whether it's side setbacks or, or if it's height variance, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you get when you get somebody that comes to you with a piece of property that there's there are two trees sitting in the in the middle of their buildable area, you have to make a hard decision as far as like, you know, you know, as their property rights, can they use their their property to its fullest and best capacity? And, and can it be achieved by planting some other some other trees? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a hard task. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm 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 kind of torn on it too. Although I'm I'm leaning more towards like, look at at the end of the day, it's you know it's the owner's property. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and if and if the city approves it and they have a vested interest in pre in 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 preserving trees and they approve it, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of hard to well, hard to argue with that. If you, you don't know? mind, I want to say one thing about that because I think a lot of people don't realize this. The city of Ocean Springs, we're we're a tree USA, and and we uh, and and. I feel like the city does a really good job trying to stay on track with their trees. There's some, there's some variations sometimes that that you're just going to have to consider. But I think a lot of people don't realize that when you go to other places on the Gulf coast, and I'm not going to name any counties or cities that don't have a tree ordinance, they're, they're growing their subdivisions and using their, and, and building on lots where they're removing trees. And, and they're not, they're not um, hurting the, I don't feel like they're hurting the the community by doing what they're doing to use their property. I mean, it's I just think it's really different if somebody comes to you and says, I want to cut this tree down in my side yard because I don't want to pick up leaves. Well, that kind of doesn't make sense because they bought the house with the tree there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, but when you have a vacant piece of property, I mean, the thing is, you know, a lot of people are not going to maintain trees or property if it's not built on. You mm. know, they, I guess some people just don't see the value and in maintaining a piece of property and through that period of time you're gonna you're gonna have you know seedlings and things like that fly on that property that 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 tree might not have been there and then somebody owns it and let's just say a, a, a let's just say a family owns a piece of property for for 80 years and then never bills on it and then it, and then their their grandkids inherited or their son inherits a daughter and then they want to build on it and by that time the, it's just from not maintaining a, a clean vacant lot yeah they got a tree on it that that hinders them from being able to use it for what it is yeah yeah fair enough i mean you know there's there's you know a bit of personal responsibility in that for sure but uh so what can the city do to better avoid controversial situations like that well if there's room in your yard you could you could do like i did i just recently i had a house i have a house on iberville Mm -hmm. and uh and i have you know five huge oak trees in my yard, live oaks mm-hmm. that are old. Like we could, I mean, they're, they're big. Uh, 
and uh and i had a brick house that was next to it i was going to remodel it and my wife and i stepped back and we said you know we really don't want the house is older maybe maybe we can we can get maybe we can uh maybe we can come up with a plan to get it away from the tree and Mm -hmm. then uh and be able to make it good for everybody Mm -hmm. and for us in other words and we did that. We literally tore the house down and pushed it back 22 feet to get away from the oak tree. But we had enough property to do that with and still have the, the homestead that we were dreaming, dreaming to have. And I think on the most part, everybody that, that I've talked to that's ever come to the, to the board about trees, um, except for a few, have had good reason to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And, and again, I think me personally, I... I think most people are rational. You know what I mean? If, if they have a legitimate problem, they're going to come to you all. You all have, have responsibility to make sure that the city maintains a certain image. And so responsibly, I'm sure there's been times uh, the city has denied someone cutting down a tree, you know? So, so I'm, I've, I've got no doubt that they're objectively looking through these things. Um, but with that, with that in mind, you mentioned uh, earlier having, having the money to, to maintain things like beautification, right? What is the city doing and what can the city do more of to increase revenue so that they can take care of those things and expand the ability to provide for some of these services to maintain the city and whatnot? Well, you could, our goal is to do it through sales tax, not through property tax. Okay. You know, um, and that's, a, that's, another, that's another thing that a lot of people, I think, don't take into consideration is that balancing act you have to do between trying to afford everybody the what they want their city to look like what their what they want their city to be afford the quality of life mm-hmm. that they're that they that they've been used to and want to and want to live in and 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 uh and i think that it has to be you know we have a lot of property in our commercial district that sh- that can be grown to to help do that okay where where'd you have in mind I think mostly towards the east side of town. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, a long time ago, way before me, you know, they ran water and sewer out on Highway 90. Mm. And uh, and right now there there is there's some development going on on that side, and it, and it has grown, and especially around the Walmart area. I mean, um, they, they did a really good job with that new shopping center they put across the street from Walmart. Oh, yeah, right, right. There's a there's a vet clinic in there. There's Lost a, Pizza. Lost Pizza. They've got the physical therapy. Place, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's actually where I go get my haircut. But, uh, okay, excellent. And then, so what's, what's stopping further development that way? I think one thing is the wetlands. Mm. Um, a lot of companies that are coming in uh, – before they can actually do anything in their due diligence period, have to do a um, environmental study. Environmental study, and as far as wetlands impact and all that kind of stuff, and I know there was talks among the board about doing something blanket, you know, to try and get it all done pre um, sale of property. What do you mean? Um, the board had an idea at one time to find out what it would cost to to find out what to. Uh, what the wetland study would be for all that property over there on the front end so mm-hmm. that if a company wanted to look at the property, that part would already be vetted. Oh, interesting. And then the city would pay for that, I assume, and then try and recoup it in the sale or, you know, we, I don't believe we ever got that far. Okay. I think, I think it was, I think it was just, you know, when, when the thing came up with the, with the store, all they, they were going to, they were looking at a piece of property mm-hmm. and then they had during their due diligence had to do some studies on, on, uh, on wetlands that was a conversation we had that, you know, what can we do to, you know, to try and 
speed up the process for, for a developer because, you know, once a developer buys a piece of property, well, they're going to do the due diligence first. Yeah. But, um, but once they buy it, you know, money's interest and, you know, they, they, they tend to want to move along. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So what, do you have a vision for what East Ocean Springs might might look like? Because I've I've heard everything ranging from, uh, well, we don't want to touch it, right? Or 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 nothing's going to happen out there. All the way towards we want to drop Sangani right in East Ocean Springs. I don't think we need to drop Sangani right in Ocean Springs because you know I think West Jackson County um, or Jackson County on the west side develop you know changing uh, Cook Road is mm-hmm. gonna is gonna change that for. For Jackson County, I think that they're going. There, I think their goal is to try and bring some of that Sangani towards towards our side, whether it's through TIF programs or or whatever else the whatever the county comes up with. Gotcha. But, but what I would like to have seen in Ocean Springs, I hate that we didn't get the Harbor Freight. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, with really? You. Well, I, I'll kudos t- to Casey and those guys. <laughs> but tell but, you what, I would love to have Harbor Freight if I'm honest. But 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 that's just me being selfish. I'm not sure it fits with Ocean Springs, but still. Well, you know, tractor <laughs> supplies on the east side of town, and yeah, it fits. Yeah. As for, I mean, I, I feel like it fits. Mm-hmm. I think there's some things in our community that we don't have um, that that um, you know, like a nat- like a national tool. I think they might be a good. Oh, yeah. To you know, that would be something for Ocean Springs. Uh, you know, there's there's just some things I think that we can do. Not really so much a super box store, but I think there's some stuff that we can do on that side of town that would mm-hmm. that would improve our commerce. What are what are some examples of a of a large store or chain that might fit out there? Do you think Whole Foods, Whole Foods, World Market, that sort of thing? <laughs> Something a little more affluent. Yeah, you know, because I'm gonna tell you, from for me and my wife, you know, uh, we don't we shop basic stuff in ocean springs and we support local grocers yeah um and i want to support local but um my wife has is she's organic and uh and which means that i do too and <laughs> right and so you know, so, so <laughs> once a week or once every other week you know she's either traveling to mobile to shop at whole foods fresh market costco mm. or going the other direction to new orleans and going to trader joe's whole foods yeah i Costco's. think metairie has the nearest is it uh, Trader Joe's or it is yeah Metairie so and don't go in there on Sunday if you ever go no <laughs> it's, <Why>? busy. <laughs> it's busy <laughs> you know so what how come Ocean Springs I mean being a, a fairly um, affluent town they can afford to have these uh, um, what would you call I don't want to say faddish but growing going organic is a is a popular thing right now I'm surprised Ocean Springs doesn't have like a farmer's market we do have a farmer's market in fact, really it's open right now where at nine o'clock? I'm not sure if it's nine o'clock. Yep, just yep. open. <laughs> Where's it at? at I don't know. Cham- in the chamber parking lot every Saturday morning. I did not know that. In okay. fact, in fact, I talked Diane. She does a very good job. She's the one that runs that. And um, and I I, I would like to see her do an afternoon one during the week. And uh, and there's been some talks of it. And I, and I believe we're gonna we we are gonna get to there one day where we're gonna have that. My dream would be to have downtown shut down one day a month. And uh, like and, a first Friday kind of deal. Whether it's first Friday or or first Saturday or mm-hmm. fourth, whatever you know, well, just set, just, yeah. just to give a, a chance for you know artists or or even or even our fresh market to set up in the in the street on on Government Street and you know and just show off their stuff. Interesting, yeah. the The first time I experienced a first Friday was when I was stationed in Georgia. Uh, we went to Thomasville, Georgia, and well, really 
Thomasville, Moultrie, Valdosta, all those, all those small southern towns had had a first Friday. They had bands out there. I mean, it was it was great. No cars. Everyone just just kind of walked around. There were farmers markets. There were vendors. I mean, it was it was 12, 12 mini like parades, carnivals, whatever uh, a year, once a month, and it was it was a really neat thing. And I've always thought that'd be a cool thing for Ocean Springs. Well, you know, we we when we first came into office, we set up for that. You know, it, it when you close the street, it takes a lot of police officers to to man mm. that um, because cars can get through drive, and you know, so you have to have just about a police officer for every street closed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when we first came into office, we we made a decision to spend the money and put bollards up. So we have bollards that we can put up in our streets to to um, to help offset that. So now. If we were to close Government Street, instead of having to have six police officers maybe out there, it would we could probably get it down to two. Mm. And so we've we've got the resources to do it. I just don't believe we've gotten there yet. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's talk about government then. You know, and, and transition to your ward downtown and and whatnot. What are some problems that? What are some? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll start there. What are some problems with with Ocean Springs? Like what? like their downtown area, what could be done to improve, say, traffic or density or what have you? I don't think you can control density. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think the downtown is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, most most of all the businesses are already established with the with the except for the new murky waters coming in. And we got a new real estate company that's building an office on government street that tore, recently tore down another building. Um, okay. I think that, you know, the density part of it is just going to be there. The, the traffic part is, is, is tough. You know, the street is, is really um, restricted. And sometimes people don't park the way they're supposed to. They sure. don't get close enough. So, uh, so yeah, it does cause some, some hiccups. Now, have, Well, I think there's been talks of using BP money to build a parking garage, right? Yes, there is. Okay. And what are your thoughts on that? I think it's going to be a good idea. You know, that's at 1515 Government Street. Um, that's a public-private venture that the city decided to move into with a developer that wants to do a mixed use um, on that property. And, you know, I think that uh, I think that, and I have some other ideas for parking in the city that, that would really help eliminate some of that. Go on. So, you know, we, we, have, we have some property in Ocean Springs that, that, um, that's an asset to the, to the city that I think could be gone. In other words, I'll give you an example. We have the police substation behind City Hall. Mm-hmm. That building was was redone after to leave a precedence of the police department to be, maybe use it. And they do use it. They use the back garage part of it to mm-hmm. leave motorcycles and, and things like, like that. But that building, with the amount of money it costs the city to keep it insured, the utility bills, is going to need a roof coming up. I'm not quite sure that that, you know, if you look at that whole, that whole block, you got Whamma, you got the community center Mm -hmm. and you have the senior center and there's no parking. Like every time there's a wedding, they only have that little parking lot between the community center and the, and the senior center. Mm -hmm. And if we were to come up with a way to, to build a smaller building for the police department to keep their stuff in and get rid of that big building, we could, we can add probably, I would think we can add probably 75 parking spots just just in that one area that would that would be utilized not only by the the facilities that are adjacent to it but the downtown as well i mean i go down down there all the time at night walking around and just kind of looking what's going on and it's amazing i think the people the people would still 
park there. I mean, it's within walk. It's only two blocks from from downtown. Mm-hmm. So that building is connected to City Hall and the library, right? It is. It is. So, so would you just build a whole new building for the library and City Hall, or look at maybe? Because I think, it, well, City Hall's not attached to it. Oh, it's There's not a walkway okay. between it. There is. Okay, but but as far as like uh, as far as the library, we wouldn't even wouldn't even interfere with that. We would just mm. take the the back part of that building off. Just oh, build, I see. Just build something maybe like my vision would be like something maybe thirty by thirty for the for the police department to use if that's if that's what they needed. But that would open up that would open up that parking and it would you know because I get complaints from people that live on Washington Avenue. I think a lot of people are used to it now because when people have weddings at the at the community center or there's events at the senior center, you know they they uh, they've gotten used to everybody parking all along Washington. But I think that would that would eliminate it. It would, it would make those people that live in that vicinity happier. The property would be better utilized. It would be less burden on the taxpayers. What are some obscure ideas you've heard about managing? the traffic problems traffic problems have been discussed for a long time in ocean springs um i guess and i guess with them putting the trees in government street i guess kind of sparked up some more stuff you yeah. know it's like we didn't have enough parking and now we now we've made these bump outs and put these trees and this was before my time sure sure um but they've had a lot of talks you know people people tend to think on a on a quick perspective that let's just make it one way well, they don't realize that the impact that one way would do to Government Street. I don't think they realize that there's residents that live on Bowen Avenue to the to the south, and that and uh, on on the Soto on the other side is residents on the on the north side of that street as well. Mm-hmm. So when you make that a one way, and people have to circle back and loop around to get to where they're going to, um, I don't think they really realize how much impact it would cause to the neighborhoods while trying to eliminate the traffic in the downtown yeah i've thought about this and 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 driven around there and and i can't imagine the residents being happy of of the redirection to the south and i don't see much room going to the north unless you get back on 90 and that just doesn't seem appealing at all right to do that because then then you'd have to come down through um mlk i think right Right. that would be the closest area it would so um that that just that seems like a tragedy but i mean what else can you do? I mean, uh, part of me wonders if maybe certain times of the week you could restrict the driving. Or I've even had somebody suggest, well, why not make it to where only golf carts can parallel park? Maybe that'll be something you could implement once you uh, build a parking garage. You know, and that would make the roads a little wider. Right. right? Well, I think a, I think a lot of people don't know. I think a lot of people that visit the downtown are not mm-hmm. from Ocean Springs on the weekend. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And so, you know, we could probably do a better job. I know we can do a better job with parking signs, you know, like mm-hmm. parking lots. Um, I'm not sure, you know, we talked about with Mississippi power or Southern company about doing some, some, uh, some, some apps where it can tell you on an app, you know, how many parking spaces are left, like these parking garages oh, you go into that's a good now. Idea. And, but we never, we never really got too far with that neither. But I think a lot of people don't realize that the parking that we have, we do have like the fallow parking, you know, fallow pleasant parking lot, the one behind Quinsky's on both sides. Um, we have some parking lots that can be utilized. And, uh, and on the weekend, I think they're starting to figure that out. Yeah. What do you think about pedestrian only areas? 
There's there's uh, cities, large cities around the country that have adopted uh, city spaces that are pedestrian only. So you can have bikes there or whatever, but there's no vehicles. It's it's only walking areas. I think Minneapolis hasn't has a large area like that. Is that something for Ocean Springs? Could that be used to solve some of the downtown problems? I think that once this parking garage comes into fruition, or or if if we can ever get if if we can ever get everybody on the same spot to do something with that substation. I think we can move towards um, putting the bollards up maybe on a Friday afternoon when public works leaves for the mm-hmm. day and then picking them up on Monday morning and just not having any traffic from Washington all the way to Russell, you know, every weekend. What do what do business owners think about that? Uh, I think the. I think the hardest part from the business owner's perspective is getting deliveries from the, from the food vendors probably. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Cause they come, they come down that street. You know, I've, I've had complaints from some of the, from some of the shops and stuff, but it wasn't because of street closures as much as, um, events that, you know, close the street, like cruising the coast and things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I teach air traffic control on, on Keesler and uh, I was an air traffic controller in the, in the military. And so the tech school is here at Keesler. So everybody in, in the DOD goes through here, I think, except the Navy maybe. But in any case, if you talk about this area to an air traffic controller, they always mention downtown Ocean Springs. Right. It's a hot spot, you know. And, of course, being on base when new people come in, they always ask, where are the best schools where should I live? And everyone always says Ocean Springs, but obviously it it comes at a cost. Um, I say I say that to to kind of maybe segue into what is it that Ocean Springs do you think is known for, right? And are we at risk of losing that with the downtown morphing into this bar scene? I don't think we I don't think we're at risk of losing it. I I do have a lot of sympathy for the Moeller family. You know, we lost a big staple to our community. You know, um, there's a lot of history behind Tater Nut going back to Spud Nut. And then I've been trying to, you know, when all the, I guess I never really had nobody explain to me how Tater Nut had actually originated. Mm. And that was, I've always known Tater Nut for where they are. Yeah. But from a lifelong resident standpoint, you know, they've, they've been in a few places. They started off as Spud Nut and I started reading about it and looking and looking into it. And it's, and it's, and it's very interesting. And I, and I hope and pray that, that the, the Moeller family and, and particularly Teresa, uh, finds her way back to that business because, um, I think she, I think she is downtown and I think her company, I think her business is one of them that helped build it. Now the restaurants that are there in the bars, when somebody moves out, usually somebody moves back in. That pretty much stays the same. Most most of what I've seen in the downtown is if a closed shop closes, a closed shop you know goes back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have one instance where, um, well, you know, I had a the bakery move the from uh, French Kiss move from the south part of of a uh, government to the north part on Washington, and uh, and then somebody another person is attempting to do or not attempting but they are going to do a, a daiquiri type uh food facility where a marina cottage was i think they just opened didn't they not yet not yet okay no we just had the grand opening for the daiquiri shop Ocean oh Springs yeah right, right right and and those guys are wonderful people you know they they they're from and it's it's interesting because i talked to him for the grand opening you know and and they they live towards the jackson area or hattiesburg 
and you know they they wanted a they wanted a, a a second home in Ocean Springs. They wanted a place to come down here and come and eat and drink and have a good time, be next to the water. And then next thing you know, he owns a business down here. So now, so now he lives. He still has a home up there. This is their weekend home, and they have a and they have this. So uh, I think Ocean Springs is. I mean, you know, and and that's another controversial part that that I had a, that I've struggled with in my term as and before my term, even in planning commission. You know, everybody against VRBOs in their in their neighborhoods and stuff. Oh yeah, right. And uh, and and I felt like I feel like the city has some has, has some good um ordinances in place to protect the citizens because mm-hmm. if somebody violates um those ordinances they can't get their permit to to continue to do it but i truly think that a lot of our people that move to ocean springs are experiencing real real living you know um situations in other words getting a vrbo for the weekend with their family and being in a neighborhood and interacting with people that live there walking to the downtown they're not they're not find in ocean springs this um they're not falling in love with ocean springs by staying at the motel eight next to the interstate i guess no. that's what i'm trying to say yeah yeah i uh we actually did a sort of staycation one time we we, we got an airbnb and i brought my golf cart over and because uh, you know you gotta have a golf cart right right <laughs> and so and so we did that and it was man it was it was just a different way to experience ocean springs it was great it was great it really but you, was but you know i'll tell you this and and most people that that don't want them in Ocean Springs, if you were to ask them where they stay when they go out of town, they probably stay at VRBOs and other places, you know. And we've not had any problems with with our VRBOs. We've had before our ordinance was in place, we had one um, that was having some issues, and and that's what sparked up the whole ordinance thing and everything. But since our ordinance has been in place, we have a lot of people that that live there that do those that do it real tastefully, mm-hmm. and and the people enjoy them. I mean, I have. Two, two on my street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Mikey's on the bayou took advantage, too. You built a few little spots out there. Yep. <laughs> Are you talking about Gills? Gills, Gills, Gills. Yep. that's right, Gills. And I look, said Mikey's, my bad. And I live right in front of there. So, okay. I mean, so when I ride my bike or drive my golf cart past there, there's always people staying in those yeah. little cottages. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and there's at least two, one or two that has a great view of the bayou. But uh, So let's talk golf carts. Now, you were... Allowing golf carts to ride on on roads um, in Ocean Springs that was passed while you were an alderman, right? Right. That was our fir- that was our first year in office. So let's let's talk about that. Like, what what was the impetus for that? Why why did people want that? Why did you guys feel it was a th- it was a thing to do? And then we'll talk about reflecting back on it. So as a home inspector, I work <clears throat> I, I do a lot of homes in Bay St. Louis. Okay. And Bay St. Louis was ahead of us on the on the golf cart ordinance. And uh, and when I'd go to Bay St. Louis to do inspections, I see people like riding by with families and and you know grocery bags on the back of it and you know and things like that and and so when I got in office, I said, hey, "Has anybody ever thought about doing the golf carts in those springs?" And they say, "Yeah, we've talked about it before. And we never really got too far. You know, they had a lot of people with concern and stuff." We made an effort to write an ordinance. We had um, Jeff Geis was the author of that for us, and and it passed through. Um, through the House Representatives and and then the, the committee and and here it is it was there, Pascagoula was already I think on that wagon for mm-hmm. for for golf carts, and I truly believe that you can't you know 
uh, you can't beat having golf carts to let people live in your community to be able to to be able to just stay on streets that they're supposed to be on to be able to go do their stuff instead of you know wasting fuel and emissions and all that kind of stuff too. I mean, I don't want to get. I don't. I'm not saying I'm super green because I mean, I you know as much as I'd like to, you know, to be that way. I mean, there's I still burn gas and do everything else. Like I don't. Yeah, have we're just not like there yet. Else. Yeah, right, right, right. But but I do think that I do think that. The community, I mean, we have over 400 golf carts mm. that are registered. Now, some people probably are, I, I mean, I'm, I've seen people trailering them on the weekend to come into the city. And, I've done that. And, uh, but I think, I think it's done a lot for the community to, to be able to zip around and especially on, on Saturday mornings, going to the farmer's market, just zip in with your golf cart, get what you want. You go, it, it, I think it eliminates a certain percentage of parking. Now that percentage, I don't know, but I, I think it does. I think, I think practically you can, um, you know, see, see that it does. I mean, just, just from the standpoint of like, even a, even a two door coupe is much larger than a, you know, a, a golf cart that, that holds four people. But, you know, you mentioned it being green and, and, I want to agree with you on that, and and I do. And I'll say this: a lot of people don't don't think about what inefficiency cars are. Most cars, most people that go to work are are riding in a car that's only using twenty five percent or twenty percent of its efficiency. The average car is about you know about five seats, and only one of them has a body in it. Right. You know, and a golf cart is much smaller. And oftentimes, like it's very rare that I see one person riding a golf cart. It's usually more than more than one person going going downtown. But um, it, it certainly uses uses less fuel. Uh, I'm actually surprised that the green aspect of golf carts is not talked about more because then you've also got well, people buy electric golf carts too, which uses no fuel. You know right. what I mean? So I'm actually surprised it's not talked about. I just think that it's not there. Like you said, I don't think it's there yet. I think yeah. there's a lot of people that are mindful towards that. But um, I was passing. I lived behind Burger King. I was going. I was going to work the other day, and they had a golf cart in the drive-through at at Burger King. No kidding. You know, I That's mean, awesome. I see them in the Winn Dixie parking lot. I see them, you know, scooting around. I mean, I think that uh, it. I, I think people like that sense of being in the outdoors and being in the, you know, in in the, you know, in in the sun and the wind and. And being able to go places, you know, I think I think it's a big plus. If for nothing else, I'm glad we have golf carts because now the police have golf carts. And that is just the most hilarious looking thing. Yeah. That's a nice <laughs> golf cart they have. I know it is. You know, we they just have it. one? Yeah, they have one. Okay. And when it came in, I was like, wow, that's a nice golf cart. It, it's it's a it's a pretty nice golf cart. When I when I saw it, I was like, I couldn't imagine a high speed chase on a golf cart. <laughs> but if it's gonna happen, I'm glad it's gonna happen well, in Ocean Springs. You can, it's like anything else, you can't outrun a radio. <laughs> you can you can do whatever you want, but you're not gonna outrun on the radio oh yeah fair enough fair enough <laughs> but uh but you know it it's uh it's funny you know you talk about parking you know i think that and i want to go back to this and i wanted to say this earlier i think that once we we once we can get our parking figured out whether it's through the parking garage or maybe the substation or whatever we could probably get our downtown to where government street i think we'd have a lot more success getting government street at one side golf cart parking only and car parking on the other side than we, than we would trying to do one-way traffic Interesting. Yeah. Well, back to parking. Let me ask you this. There's, if we locate a parking garage in one area, right? And the intent is the majority of people would probably park there. How do you make it still as accessible, if not more accessible for people that have a hard time walking? 
that would be something that we probably would have to take like our fallow parking lot or something or okay. one of the other parking lots and maybe put more handicap mm-hmm. or hand or um handicap accessible parking spaces but i will tell you this people are creatures of habit and before the parking garage fills up they're going to find their way to the closest place first and that's and then they're going to work their way that way this is i think the parking garage is going to be is going to become more of a, I think the parking garage is going to be totally utilized from the property itself for the people that stay there, shop there, or whatever that mixed use is going to be. But I think that that for the downtown is going to be a lot of overflow too. Sure, sure, that makes sense. And 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 for large events, I mean, people are going to be thankful for it regardless. Right. You know? I don't think people are going to come to Ocean <clears throat> Springs and have empty have parking spots available on Government Street and going to drive down and park in the parking garage. Right. You know, right. just to you know park in the parking garage. Sure. Is there a plan to charge for the parking garage? Um, not to my knowledge. Okay. And on, on charging for the parking garage, where do you stand on that? Um, well, if we're, if we're getting the money from the BP restoration act funds, then I don't know why we would need that charge people to to park in the parking lot. That's a good point. Okay. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about growth, city growth. Okay. Uh, I've, I've gotten feedback from people interested in annexing parts of Gulf Park Estates, extending up 57 on the west side all the way to include the shed. Um, of course, going up Washington as well, all the way to the interstate. Right. So my vision of this would be to take 57, the west side of 57, and uh, some of the even further past 57 where the high school is. I, th- I truly believe that um, the city, the Ocean Springs High School needs to be in city limits. And uh, and that's something that I think we need to and and our our soccer complex is not even city limits, mm. you know, so I mean, or it's not really just soccer; it's baseball, it's yeah, sports, yeah. big complex. complex. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so as being a, one of the cities on the one on the coast that don't have any interstate, I mean, that would be an ideal situation for us. You know, we we need to get a hotel somewhere either by the interstate for for the city of Ocean Springs or even on Highway ninety at 57 because we have when people come here for soccer tournaments and everything they're they're having to stay in other places so that's I, a good I think, point so yeah. i think that would be ideal for us to get that side while i would love to have gulf hills towards the interstate that way i think that would be a lot bigger task to to do it's an older neighborhood too so you've got to deal with the infrastructure as well well but i think but i think Overall, the Jackson County has that, and I think Jackson County Utility Authority does a good job to mm-hmm. to maintain their infrastructure. So, I mean, so that infrastructure doesn't bother me nowhere compared to what Gulf Park Gulf Estates, Estates would, does, would be. Yeah. You know, Gulf Park Estates Utility has been through a lot since Johnson Utilities had it up until up until the current time. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that their utilities are antiquated or they're, or they're doing a bad job with it for what it is. It's just that I don't think that – from a city's perspective that, you know, cause we, we'd have, we have a certain amount of time period to, to maintain that. And we'd have to, you know, we'd have to have the resources to take that over. And yeah. not, not only that, I mean, Gulf Park Estates is like a city on its own. They ought to have their own zip code. I mean, you know, and you talk about having the police it and fire department. I mean, right now Jackson County is building a substation right in the front of Beachview. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, again, I, I see both sides of it. I, mean, I, I know why people would want to be in the city, but there's also residents, myself included, that would be scared of the increased cost that, that, that we would incur from that. And I have no doubt it'd be a fairly significant increase if the city wants to do it right and, and 
maintain the water and utility system or the, or the sewer system the way it probably needs to, it's going to, like the cost is going to come back, back to the citizens for sure. And well, I think some people could be priced out of the, out of the city altogether if that happens. Do you really think it'd be that much? I mean, you guys are already paying, um, paying school, the same school tax. Mm-hmm. And school taxes is well. That's is, the highest one. Is the highest yeah. millage on our on our tax base. Mm-hmm. So so I mean, I think it depends know, how many homes you take over. Uh, uh, well, not you, but the city. You know how many um, homes you decide to incorporate because that's what it comes down to is increasing. Like you would increase the tax bait base in order to reduce the rate that would be spread across everybody. It has to be viable. I mean, you can't, yeah, for sure. You can't take over. Um, we couldn't take over and build a fire station and police it and put fire department there and 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 public works if if you're not because then because then you're burdening the the taxpayers you already have because right. somebody's got to offset right. what you're taking over mm-hmm. and so we we've uh they've already been a study for the for the east side mm-hmm. and um and we had put aside a hundred thousand dollars our first year to continue looking into that but we got you know sidetracked into some, into some other things so mm-hmm. we never really moved forward with it but. That's one thing the city needs to do because my, my fear is that Gaucher, if Gaucher develops that the mall property and they can and they can get the tax base to where they want it, I have yeah. a feeling that Gaucher is gonna come is gonna is gonna come after the west side of fifty seven and, and get both sides. Yeah, they've been uh, from what I've been reading, they've been doing a pretty good job of, of well, I mean, not much has moved here, but 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 they've been actively soliciting for more businesses to come into that area. The latest one I heard was Walmart was looking to put something right in that area with, you know, shopping centers around it. Um, and Walmart changes things in the city. It just does, right. you know, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a concern. So, well, are there any problems with um, preserving art and culture as we look towards expanding within the city? I mean, what, what's the way to do that? Because obviously art and culture are a huge part of ocean Springs. They are. And, you know, and, and I'm a, and I'm, I, I support, um, the arts through my business, but through donations and, and, uh, and one thing that I would like to see is a lot more of the younger people getting involved in the arts. I think some of the, I think some of the arts is, is being lost from, from the donors that we used to have. A lot of the, mm. a lot of our older folks that were our staple for our arts are, are not, are not around. Are they getting to that age where they're not going to be around? And getting the younger people more involved and in, and in donating towards that and getting involved in arts, getting their kids in art programs and stuff like that is going to be the is going to be the key to the success of that. It it seems tough though too because we've got a lot of businesses that are pop, popping up that are art related. You know the sort of BYOB type of thing, bring bring your own brush and the sort of infusion with hey come and drink here while you do a painting, you know which is fun. I've 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 done that um, so. I'm I'm curious what can be done to attract younger people. I think the city is working on that right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um the plans unclear what they're going to of the direction of the Mary C, but I think the vision to to the 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 for the mission to to be accomplished is that is that we have those kind of cl- we bring back those classes and do that stuff to get to get the younger people involved, but um I think for I think people just need to be educated that arts and culture is the the background of Ocean Springs and and it and it and you know any part that somebody can do to be a donor for that or or to or to do anything to move that on is needed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, you brought up the Mary C. Do you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, obviously, it was um, a sort of local controversy that was pretty pretty public. You know, went pretty public. What What's your perspective on how the controversy with the Mary C. and the Friends went down? So, my perspective of what I would like to have seen, you know, I was on the opposite side of a lot of that, um, is that I would like to have seen that when when they were having issues amongst the nonprofits that they would have had a meeting or um, come together and figured out what it would have been to leave it for what it was, whether we put somebody in there as an administrative assistant that would that would manage the building and they would be the traffic controller for who uses the theater or who mm-hmm. uses this room or that room or whatever. I think there were some relationships that could have got salvaged if it was done different. I got gotcha. you. I got you. Where, what's the role of the city with the Mary C? Moving forward? Well, just what what has it been? I guess we'll start there. So what it has been is that in the past, um, I guess, 20 years, they've had, a, they've had nonprofits um, in there that have been basically the administrator of the building. The city has basically given them, you know, $20,000 a year to – to maintain the the building and do things. And then of course there's, there's things that we still have to do outside of that. But on the most part, we, we never really paid any salaries or, or, uh, or had anybody in there that was on our, that was on our payroll. That was a cost to the taxpayer. I read the Gulf live article about it and I thought it was fairly objective. Uh, and, and when I read how much the city outside of what they were contractually and obligated to provide and what they had budgeted for, it seemed the city just kept having to give more and more money to the Mary C, which leads me to believe it wasn't profitable, right? It's not going to be profitable now. It's not. (laughs) So how do I don't think so. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you take most city facilities we have are not profitable. Sure. You know, I mean, you take the civic center and the community center. I mean, you know, um, even in a time of non COVID, I mean, they just, they just don't, really make a lot of money you know it's more of a of a it it goes back to the quality of life thing it's affording people the things that they want to be able to the resources they want to be able to have in their communities yeah i think a library is another good example like yeah (laughs) because because face it the the maintenance of the of the uh, that mary c building is an old building yeah yeah. it's it's uh it's the maintenance on is not going to go away you know and it's, it, and it's, it's only like, gonna it's get like more hair expensive. loss, you know what I mean? It's like I'm starting to experience that. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, all you could do is just try and maintain at a certain point. You know, there's no, you know, there, there's no going back. And yeah. uh and with that building, you know, the city is always gonna have a certain dollar amount that they're gonna have to contribute to maintain that building if yeah. they if they wanna keep it preserved. Gotcha. And we and we're and the amount of money it takes, we're not even hundred percent there yet on keeping that building where it needs to be. Okay. So regardless if we're paying somebody to be there or if it's a nonprofit being in there, that part, that portion is not going to go away. Hmm. Okay. Well, what, what can be done in the future? Do you think? I think moving forward, you know, the, the best thing we can do is, is to, is to take the city plan on for what it is. They, they, uh, they want to, we've made a decision to hire, um, somebody to manage the building from, and uh, that's going to be under the parks and recreation, which I kind of disagree. They shouldn't be on the parks. I think they should report directly to the mayor and board of aldermen. I don't believe that the, I think the parks department has enough going on with, with, um, with, with their after school, their, their day camp programs, 
the pottery programs, the, the baseball programs, basketball programs, soccer programs. I mean, they just have a lot going on that I think we should find some. I think our mission would be to find somebody that could that that has an art background and theater combined or somewhat that could that could that could bring those classrooms back into the Mary C to have, you know, whether, and it might be, my hopes would be that they can rekindle a relationship with, 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 with the friends of the Mary C, which is now called face, you know, put all that stuff behind us and let's just move forward. Because look, at the end of the day, it's all about one thing. It's about getting back to what the city ocean Springs is about. It's about arts and culture. It's not about personalities. It's not about who, stepped on whose shoes or, 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 you know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really about, let's get, <clears throat> let's get back to, let's not lose sight of the vision of what the building is. And it's an arts building. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, or, or what you bring to the table if, you know, and that's what I would like to see is everybody come back united and, and get that building where it was six months ago where it was being used every day and they had people there every day. And, you know, and, and I mean, it's a great, it's a wonderful building, and it needs to be used as that. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, what's the advantage of having uh, fall, having it fall under the mayor and the board of aldermen? The advantage would be that, for instance, like when we were like we had Cade and we lost Cade, and I really hate that I didn't get a chance to really have a much of a relationship with her. Um, but you know, when she needed stuff for the Mary C, she had to go to Stephen, which is the parks you know, director, and then he would have to come to us. And I feel like uh, the source should come directly to us when it comes to stuff like that, if it's outside the realm of what, you know, the norm. Would would the things that the Mary C needs, would they fall fall under the budget allocated to the Parks Department if they were located there? And then they would, like, would there be an advantage to them having, you know, a specific budget allocation beyond you know what they've already been given or from a budget perspective i would like to see it on its own because mm -hmm. i'm a i'm a numbers person you know yeah. on my own business i like to see where where those dollars fall and so when you when you if you break that out of parks and recs and you and you take your overhead you know versus your income and and all that kind of stuff i think you can get a better picture as far as what goals you're you're having to work towards mm -hmm. to because look regardless if it's whether it's profitable or not, you, the goal is to make it break even. Mm -hmm. And you, the only way I feel like you can make something break even is if you're if you're balancing that as an individual line item. Fair enough. That makes sense. Well, we've talked about a lot. I guess the last kind of gotcha moment I got to have is your position on Chick Fil A. I would love to have one, so I wouldn't <laughs> have to go sit in that in that three ring circle over there at, I know. Uh, in, in Diabaville. <laughs> you know, it's funny because being a home inspector, I'm always all over the coast, you know, and you can't find one that's not busy no. except, except if you're willing to get out your car and walk inside the malls, that's, you have a better chance, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I will say, I mean, they've, they've really perfected the drive-thru. I'm going to tell you, they, they, they have, there is no other that I've ever seen that have handled a drive-thru like they do. But uh, I would love to see one in Ocean Springs. I think Ocean Springs would, would definitely support it. I think that, um, you know, it's just, it's just a different, and I don't think it would hurt anything else. I think they would, I think they would just add to what's there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, I was talking with Doug, Doug Walker recently, and I, and I asked him, and he's like, well, I don't really eat fast food, you know, because uh, I kind of want to get healthy, some, some 
some years ago. And so I, I, I kind of cut off fast food and I said, Doug, I got to tell you, um, that's God's chicken and God's chicken doesn't come with calories. Right. Those, <laughs> I'll tell you, they, 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 that company is spiritual and, uh, yeah. and I respect them. For I, that. Do too. They, I do uh, too. That's, uh, I think, a lot, I think, you know, you think back in the day when you were growing up, there were a lot of things not open on Sunday mm-hmm. and then, you know, times changed and now a lot of things are, but yeah, when I'm when I'm working in another town, my assistant will call me up. She'll be like, "It's almost lunchtime. Are you going to eat today? Because uh, I think you're passing in front of a Chick Fil A." <laughs> so every once in a while, that happens. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Ricky, look, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and and uh, I've I've enjoyed having this conversation and having the perspective of of kind of well the previous administration, right? So you can talk you know right. factually about things, uh, but also it's 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 a breath of fresh air because because you seem very grounded, you seem very principled, and you're somebody I think a lot of people are going to connect with because you seem to have a passion about the city. I do. I mean, to the to the point that I've since I've been in office, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with MML Mississippi no. Municipal League. Uh-uh. They they have conferences throughout the year. They have a midwinter conference. They have the conference in Biloxi every year, and um, and since I've been in office. Myself with a bunch of other aldermen have have made it a point to go to these to go to these conferences every time they have them, mm-hmm. and there's there's levels of accreditation that you can get for being a municipal officer that a lot of people don't realize that's out there, mm. you know. Like so, when I first got in office, I thought, well, you know, you know, ad valorem and all this other stuff. I'm gonna have to you know figure all this stuff out. I'm gonna have to you know dig deep into it myself. But MML actually offers. Uh, municipal leaders, mayors and aldermen and council people to literally go to, and they have, they have uh, work sessions for ad valorem and, and for, for property tax and, and for budgets and stuff like that. And, and I only have one more to attend and I'm going to have my, my professional certification. So, oh, wow. I mean, so there's, so there's actually some levels of certifications that you can get in these positions. It's not, and you know, and being one term, it takes, and, you almost can't get it in one term unless you go to every single thing. And, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that mm-hmm. on my own business. You know, I, I can, I can make my schedule to, to afford me to do that. But I think a lot of people don't realize on, on how much somebody like me does in the background to get those kind of certifications that I'm not just learning my way through it by trial and error. Like I'm out there really in the, you know, learning it from people that are teaching these classes that that's all they do. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Ricky, is there anything else you'd you'd like to say about your ward or to your ward or any 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 prospective voters? All I can say is, you know, I love my city. Mm-hmm. You know, I love having the downtown. I feel like being in Ward Two is almost like being the mayor because there's just so much going on. You know, always mm-hmm. in the downtown with the with the beaches, and while you know we have to be mindful towards towards growth i think i don't think that's something that could be eliminated i think it's something that that has to move forward and as long as we do it with taste and and we do it with you know with what the city of ocean springs principles are bound on i think i think we're going to have a great city for a long time i agree i agree and i think that's a responsible uh uh position to take well ricky how can how can people get in touch with you or 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 uh, learn learn more about you they can they can call me on my they can contact me on my on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't honestly tell you that since I've been in office, everybody that has either called has called me. I've either picked up the phone or called them back within mm-hmm. minutes. Or and every email that I've gotten, I've always answered it. Um, 
you know, so, so there's a lot of avenues that they can get in touch with me. They can get in touch with me off the city of ocean Springs, um, website. They can, uh, call me by phone, they Facebook, whatever way they can get in touch with me. I'll be there. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's important for me, you know, is to have city leaders accessible, you know, uh, because well, I think a lot of people just, just want to make sure that the people that they help put in office are still looking back at, you know, well, looking out for them as well. Right. So. But I, I do think that a lot of times, you know, people in political or in, in city official capacities are underutilized. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people don't speak up or call when they when they see something that, that needs to be done. I mean, face it, an alderman is not going to see everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it might be for periods of times where they, where they won't see that they got things going on in other places or whatever. But if, but if a neighbor or somebody sees something that they feel needs to be looked at or dealt with, pick up the phone and call them, call you, call the mayor's office. You, if you call the mayor's office, they'll give you our phone numbers. I mean, you know, there's nobody hiding behind, behind walls to, you know, dodging bullets. You know yeah. I mean? We, you know, when it comes down to it, if somebody has a, has a complaint, we're going to either, we're going to investigate it. And if it's something that could be done, we're going to do it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Ricky, again, I've, I've enjoyed spending time with you. Thanks for stopping by to uh, talk to me, and uh, best of luck to you. And I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. All right, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks. See ya. That's it. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I certainly did. And if you want to follow uh, more and hear more, you can check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, everything. You can also follow us on social media. I've got a YouTube channel, so search for Shop and Chivalry. Subscribe there. We also have Instagram. Just look for Shop and Chivalry. Twitter at Shop and Chivalry and Facebook.com slash Shop and Chivalry. You can also shoot us an email at administration at shop and chivalry. If you'd like to be on the show or suggest somebody or give more direct feedback, you can also find that link on our website, shop where I have all of my ramblings about the show, what the show means to me that that particular episode, I've got a blog, other media on there as well, as well as embedded players. So you can play the shows and the videos for those that, that have video as well. So uh, again, Thank you for all the love. I appreciate all the feedback. It's been wonderful. I'm having a great time. And, uh, yeah, much love. All right. See ya.